Getting on the housing ladder, what a ruddy nightmare. Endless hours of research, it's not just like putting on your underwear. Help to buy. Lifetime ISAs. Sometimes it's just all too hard to understand. But you can listen to this personal finance podcast to gain the millennial money upper hand. Thank you for leaving your podcast reviews. It truly means a lot. Let's crack on with the episode. But first, here's a snapshot of Neil Doig. Now, he's a Financial Times shortlisted author, CEO and founder of Money Tips. We have a very fascinating conversation about the housing market in the UK. If you want to discover a little bit more about the UK housing market, then why not check out episodes 17, 18 and 19 of the Art of Money Saving podcast. Stay tuned and enjoy the episode. Well, thank you so much for coming on the on the podcast, Neil. Ah, thanks so much for having us. Really, really great to chat to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, a little bit about what you do. So my name's Neil Doig. I grew up in a town called Epsom, which is just outside London. I've, I've been to Epsom. It's in Surrey, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's well known for kind of the horse racing. So if you know kind of ho- horse racing, Epsom Derby is quite big. It used to be quite fun in the summer. Everyone kind of turned up, descended on this small little town in yeah, just in Surrey, and uh, yeah, it's kind of commuter belt. But um, yeah, I grew up grew up there. I worked in the shipping industry in London after university. Went to night school, got my chartered shipbroking qualifications, mm-hmm. and moved to so moving big tankers around the world. Think of it like that, and then moved to gas trading, buying and selling millions of pounds worth of gas each day. So think of it when you turn your oven on at, at home or your central heating, that's natural gas. So I would buy and sell that each day. So my biggest daily gain was £940,000 in a day. That was there. There was a pipeline to Norway. So most of the gas is supplied by Norway. The pipeline froze over. It was that cold. It was like super cold winter morning. I was went in on a 7.30 in a, on a Saturday morning and we didn't have any gas. So I had to source it from France and made some some money there. I got made redundant from that role and it gave me an opportunity to say, actually, what, want to do, what do I want to do with myself? So look mm. strength. So I'm a geographer. I'm like a super geography nerd. Right. Think about markets, think about business. I looked at where's demand. So at the moment, there's I think like crazy amounts of people need help with their money. I think there's a 11.5 million people in the UK have less than 100 pounds in their savings. There's mm. essentially a retirement cliff edge coming up where people aren't putting enough money for when they stop working. There's next to no interest rates. So there's a, yeah. people need to understand how to invest their money. So mm-hmm. I'm a financial advisor. It seemed like a perfect fit for me. Did all my qualifications, did practical exam, had my portfolio of clients. And then I had kind of this kind of conscience moment where I was actually, do I want to help high net worth individuals save more tax? I thought, how many hospital beds could that provide? How many school books? How many library books? So I decided to, rather than help kind of high net worth individuals save more tax, I created my own company called Money Tips which stands for tax investment, property, pension, savings. So, yeah, that's, okay. that's money tips. Fantastic. And uh, you you had um, an experience yourself at, at 18 where you you lost all your money due to the dot-com bubble, right? So tell us a little bit about that, that story. Exactly. So at 18, I lost – it was half the money I'd saved. I'd work, I was working in an ice cream shop in Chessington World of Ventures. I don't know if you had that shop, that theme park – and I kind of heard about this internet. I was studying, I was doing studying business at doing A levels at the time, and right. about this, this technology, new technology called the internet. And people were like, "What is this kind of worldwide web thing?" No one kind of, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is definitely going to make my millions out of this." So I decided to 
by a company I bought was called lastminute.com. The irony of the name lost on me at the time, along with the kind of fate of Tamagotchi and the, the kind of double denim that people were wearing at the time. And yeah, yeah I just I bought these these shares. There was no internet, so I had to go look at a paper, call a city broker, and they sent an application form in a post. You would write a check, send it back. The whole kind of process of buying a share took weeks, whereas today wow. you can click on your phone and buy and sell you know, hundreds of pounds worth of stock in, in, in seconds. So, yeah, yeah. there's a sea of red as I kind of watch the news as the kind of the dot-com boom turned into a bust. And, it, yeah, it, it was kind of a, a learning experience that um, mm. any, anything of value takes time. But this crazy – no one knew this – see how – I mean, we're talking over the internet today. I mean, this technology is amazing. It's changed the world. So, so what was the – the biggest lesson that you you learned from from kind of putting all of your eggs in one basket there with with the dot com bubble is that is a lesson that stayed with you up until now? Great point. So yeah, don't buy one company. So what? Don't I say this to my clients all the time? If you you can reduce your risk by sixty percent by having a, a diverse portfolio. So by buying one company, you're taking on that company risk as well as market risk. So you want to take out company risk. You can do that really easy today by investing in low cost index trackers or even funds that, are, that have 50 to 60 shares. So mathematicians that are much cleverer than I am have calculated that you can reduce your risk by 60% by not buying one company and then you won't be losing. So that technology today is amazing. The internet has made mean that we can actually reduce our risk. We don't have to take these risks anymore. So you hear these stories on podcasts and think, oh, I don't want to invest my money. I don't want to lose my money like Neil did. But yeah, you can... You don't have to do that today because technology is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. And we're we're living in a great age now, where where investing is becoming much more accessible to us all through through the internet. And it and it's it's almost funny to think back to those times, isn't it? Where you would you rang up the stockbroker and he sent you an application form, you had to fill it. Things have changed so much. Um, are we going in a good direction? So you're you've got your own podcast and it's called Millennial Money Mindset. Now you're targeting millennials about investing. So why why in particular are you targeting millennials? Why do you want them to get knowledge and, and educated it educated about investing? So it was my book that started it all off. So I started writing a book, and that's the book's called Millennial Money Mindset. It's here. If you want the right. roots, you need the roots. So that that's the book. Oh, well, yeah. And essentially the podcast was to help promote the 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 book and mm-hmm. I think so my company money tips helps anyone from 25 up to 50 years old so it's not just millennials but mm-hmm. i think millennials have had a tough time around finances so i'm kind of at the top end of millennials so i'm around 39 well i am 39 i don't like to admit it but saying it's <laughs> top end of millennials so my little brother is kind of peak millennials my partner's also millennial and had a tough time like housing prices have risen 500 percent since the 1990s coming out yeah. of university most people had the dot com, um the the financial crash the kind of 2008 credit crunch yeah, yeah. university tough to find jobs tough to find yeah housing was crazy and next to nothing in interest rates so if you put money into a bank you're getting next to nothing so there's a real demand for yeah, what, what else do you do with your money? So essentially I'm trying to educate, inspire and yeah, trying to coach, money coach better 
doing better with your money. So as we said, it's been wonderful times. It's never been better. You can order food from around the world, any kind of cuisine from many countries on your phone. You've got an app that can do that, delivered to your door. Yeah. Kings and queens from 500 years ago would dream of you know doing that. <laughs> Today you can do it so easily. Before the lockdown, you could go and live in someone else's house around the world using you know companies like Airbnb and yeah, cheap flights before. So we are living in wonderful times, but with that, there are yeah downsides. So yeah, millennials have kind of been screwed over, I think, with a lot of things. So there's a lot of political decisions that went against millennials. So the housing market, for instance, the mm. quantitative easing where money printing has kind of put loads of money into the system, which has pushed up asset prices. So housing, inter- low interest rates, which was supposedly a really short measure to combat the kind of financial crashes we've had zero interest or next to zero interest rates for over 10 years now which means we're getting next to nothing saved and that also has met pushed up prices in housing and these things like help to buy scheme which was kind of a, a government incentive at the time have really in, pushed up prices and there was a i'm a big reader I'm a bit, i love to read there's a one of my favorite um authors george orwell 1984 animal farm he, he wrote an article that why i write and essentially it's yeah, if you see an injustice or something not right, then that's the reason why he he started writing. Essentially, that's why I started writing my book. So I talk a lot more about that in the introduction of my book about a millennial money mindset, how essentially the millennial generation have been hard done by, I think, financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like how you, you link these things together. So the fact that you're you're a regulated financial professional and you were initially serving those high net clients and you saw a problem, you you moved away from it and now you're kind of really thinking about education and and a great way of, of starting that journey is kind of penning your own thoughts. And I, I really like that. And you've tapped into the housing market. Now that's something that I think pricks the ears of any UK citizen because the housing market is something that we we all know about millennials want to get in the housing ladder most of them can't uh, and it, it's it's becoming in, increasingly difficult i think we're all surprised as well about the corona situation because we thought that there was going to be a housing crash and it just it hasn't come yet uh, so that's going to play into the minds of of millennials as well so what would you say to to millennials listening to this podcast that first of all, maybe can't afford to get on the housing ladder. How can they best move towards making that a reality in the not too distant future? It's a tough one. I've, I've just bought a house fun enough in Oxford. So I've was, yeah, lucky enough to buy a house. I've bought with my partner and it's much easier to buy with two people than the one person I've a deposit. So I'm lucky in that respect. And I've been saving up for, for most of my life. Um, for it so yeah I'm really lucky in that respect I would say there are certain things like recently when we thought it might have crashed there was tax incentives so there were they called it a holiday a tax holiday and I've personally benefited from it so that's maybe a bad thing for me but essentially they reduced the stamp duty of buying a house so it kind of propped up even more so I mean how you reduce these the the problem is take away the props like take away and for, take away the help to buy scheme, take away the increased interest rates and stop the money printing. But that's a bigger political issue. And I'm not going to solve that myself. Yeah. There's also, I mean, we, I yeah, yeah. can talk about this. I can talk about it for ages, but there's other problems like essentially 
planning permission is challenging. You've got the green belt, which kind of restricts building. I think, well, actually, the way I would solve it in my book, there's a, it's almost like a bigger problem of using that land better. So I'm, I'm, I would consider myself an environmentalist, but we use land so badly in the UK. There's so much of it. And the guy came on my podcast, Dominic Frisbee, and he wrote a book recently about uh, about tax actually and he talks about uh, location tax they in the past they called it like a land value tax and introducing this will mean we make much better use of land we have loads we don't realize that we have loads of land in the uk and which we could be used much smarter yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) brilliant and you've started your own youtube channel right so so your own kind of personal finance journey you you've very wise and you're tying these ideas together so education in in personal finance social media is the place to go right so what's your experience been so far about understanding that that world of, of social media and and starting your own youtube channel yeah coming back to why it's great to be a millennial like today it's never been easier to start your own business so it's just as easy to starts you know 100 years ago if you want to start your own business you have to buy a whole factory you know you have to buy you'd have to have 50 employees today with a laptop a microphone you can start your own podcast and social media you can i've reached money tips has reached hundreds of thousands of people last year just through without paying a penny from advertising costs so that's great reaching people mm-hmm. yeah different platforms are different have different nuances i'm i think what I would say to people if they're starting, where do you consume your social media? So I love YouTube. I'm like um, a massive nerd. I like to find out. I can waste hours on kind of videos on, you know, philosophy or finding out different things. So I spend a lot of time on YouTube. So I'm trying to build my YouTube channel, self millennial money mindset, and I give away loads of value. And yeah, I, I enjoy it. I like, I enjoy the process. I'm not, I'm not looking to make money from it at the moment. It's it's more just a way to build. They call it an ecosystem of assets. So it's it's almost like hopefully free advertising for my book, Millennial Money Mindset. And I do training. I've got online courses, and I do one to one sessions as well. So yeah, it's really just to give away free value. Hopefully, people get use out of it. But yeah, I, I enjoy the process. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, you, ju- you just learn a lot along the way from from experiencing th- these things. And if I, I knew that, um, I know that when I first started my own podcast, I, I didn't have a clue what to do at all. I didn't know that you had to pay to, to host a podcast. I mean, I was that naive um, that there's podcast host providing services and all of these kind of things. But you learn along the way. And I really agree with the point that you said that it's much more accessible for people to start their own their own business now. And just if you have an idea, there's probably people that they're looking to to listen and to, and to speak about those kind of topics. So that's that's great for us as kind of finance nerds. That's for sure. <laughs> and uh, you've designed a game to help people understand investing a bit more. How, how did you come so up? So it with that started idea? out when I was working with clients. So I would be when I was a financial advisor, I would have clients come to me with say a million pounds. So one guy had 15 million pounds from Bitcoin winning. So he had invested Bitcoin peanuts and he was coming to me 
and to explain how to manage his money better. So the two things you need to understand, what I think are the most important things about investing. So first of all is mindset. So I wrote the book, Millennial Money Mindset. And the second thing is asset allocation. So how you allocate your assets. So what is an asset? So an asset is something that puts money into your pocket. So that could be property. It could be the cash that you're getting savings from. It could be you're buying shares. And essentially, I create a game and it's called Football Formation Asset Allocation. So think of it like if you live a good life, you live to 90 years old, like 90 minutes on the pitch. If you score a goal, money goes into your pocket. If you concede a goal, money goes out of your pocket. And it's like building a team of assets. So here it is. Here. So each player is like an asset class. So cash, property, bonds, lending money to companies okay, or governments. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And essentially, each asset class has different personality types. So you can buy small companies, which are like your strikers. These are more risky, more likely to get, get your goals. Whereas, say, for instance, keeping money in cash is more defensive or having property is more defensive and they're less likely to concede goals. Really balancing, mm. building a team of assets around what's right for you. So it depends on your age is a real big factor. So if you're old, older, for instance, if you're in your 70s, you want to have a much Defend, more defensive strategy whereas if you're 25 or 30 you can take a much more um, attacking strategy you can have more growing countries or growing companies where are gonna gonna get you more goals yeah uh, oh, i really like that idea i mean i'm not much of a football guy more of a rugby guy but that's that's really cool i like how you you use the analogy of of the different places on the field and uh, that makes really really great sense so I, i'm sure if if anyone wants to to look into games, then then that would be a great place to, oh, to start. You. Fantastic idea. Love that. Um, so do you think on the whole, is is the personal finance scene in the UK, is it growing? 100%. I think it's growing. Yeah, I think there's a massive demand for it. I, I personally think so. It's almost become cool. Like, um, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like we, I think one of your questions is the fire movement as well. And that's it's, it's kind of pitched in a way that's actually accessible to more people. And I think things like, Instagram is made yeah I'm on Instagram as well and a lot of creators have made some it's almost becoming art where they're creating really good ways to communicate these memes these ideas to people really simply easily and fun as well so where it was almost a dry dusty subject previously it's now become accessible and I think mainly because so I say the, yeah. the rules have changed. So my pre previous generations, you wouldn't need to know about this sort of stuff. So previous generation, you'd work all your life. At the end of that working life, you'd get a handshake, a carriage clock, and a guaranteed income for life. So you'd get a pension. You'd exchange your time for what they call an annuity, and then you'd get a guaranteed every, every year. Yeah. As we said before, like house prices have locked out a lot of people from owning. That was kind of the next step. People would buy a house. That's locked out a lot of people. And then what if in the old days you'd get five percent interest rates in a bank. Today, what you're getting next to nothing. You'll get your money's being that pound coin in your back pocket is being eroded by inflation. The, the purchasing power of a pound coin is diminishing every day. Inflation. Mm. And so you do have to actively go out and invest. You actually have to understand this. And previous generation, you didn't have to know about this sort of stuff, but today you do. Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. 
We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Yes, yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it. So the the importance of investing and, and using your money wisely is becoming more important because of everything you explained about millennials' life. So if it's much more difficult to get on the housing ladder uh, with with cash, then you're going to need your money to 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 work the best that it can for you. Uh, and then, therefore, I guess if through a process of of elimination, if you're if you're finding that your money isn't working hard enough for you, then you're going to start reaching out, thinking, "Well, how can I maximize this?" And that's where you can come across the fire community, or you can become an, an investor in Bitcoin. You know, so there's there's different kind of extremes. So I think for at least from this channel, it's about educating people about what I do in my own personal finance uh, and why I think there's good reasons for low cost ETF investments, that, that, those kind of things. Um, but there's it's it's very very exciting uh, time to to be involved in the personal finance community and I I think you're right we're taking like a, a page out of the book from the US and it's a growing movement and I think we're going to see more and more of it um, as as the years go on I think financial independence is really exciting as well that stage of actually, I'm not I'm not financially independent yet I'm on the kind of the journey so to speak and yeah I think yeah. having that kind of empowerment as well of being actually i don't need to work till 67 in the old, old days you'd have to kind of work at maybe you didn't like that job that you used to do but today you can have a job that if you do become financially independent i've met many people who are you can actually work for joy rather than working for necessity and it gives you almost creative freedom as well so i left my role as a financial advisor to create my own company money tips because they they wouldn't they refused to publish my book, Millennial Money Mindset. They said, if you're working at this company, we're not allowing you to release that book. It, it got um, shortlisted by the Brackenbauer Prize, the Financial Times Brackenbauer Prize, and got picked up by, I had a literary agent, and they said, yeah, actually, you're not allowed to publish this book. So I was, because I had those savings and investments kind of that I've been saving since I was 18, that kind of buffer that I was actually, yeah. well, I don't need... I've got a few years of expenses that I could, you know, assets that are going to pay me an income. So I don't necessarily need to continue working for the corporate, you know, working for the man. I can almost say, actually, yeah. I had my Jerry Maguire moment and like left for something to actually do good rather than actually work for another corporation. I've, I've worked, I kind of worked for corporations for most of my working life. And it feels quite nice to step away from that kind of corporate life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, and and that that a lot of people in the financial independence movement they they talk about that moment a lot. Having that enough of a of a fund that you can, if you want to, you can just say, "Well, I've had enough of this. I'm going to do go do something else," and have that yeah. independence. So it's great to hear that you you made that decision yourself, and you you were then able to move towards your passions and speak about and write your book and, and do all those kind of things. Um, but it also important to say that you're not 
financially independent yet. So it's, you're still on the journey, but you've been able to do that. And I think that's that's an encouragement for other people as well, is knowing that you don't have to wait until the very last moment. You can find a balance, you know, as you move towards your goals. Exactly, yeah. So I'm going to wrap the podcast up now soon, but two two final questions. You name an embarrassing financial memory or purchase oh, that you've question. made. So I think you mentioned earlier that, well, I've, I think I've, we've mentioned, talked about it before, where financial education has almost become, I don't want to say cool, maybe I'm putting words in, I wouldn't say, yeah, it's not as kind of geeky as it, when I was kind of growing up, it used to be seen as kind of a bit not very cool self development i don't know tony robbins kind of killed a lot of it for the uk kind of market it's kind of cheesy image of uh yeah work yeah. I, I remember having to buy well before the internet before amazon or before these kind of you could buy an you could buy books you basically go to you'd go to the shop just down the road and buy a book i remember having to buy well not having to buy but i bought how to win friends and influence people and that was super embarrassing to it's like the worst title ever Warren Buffett talks about <laughs> his best investment ever was a hundred pounds Dale Carnegie course, how to speak better course. And this is kind of like an iconic book with called how to win friends and influence people. And I do remember going to the, the till the checkout and the guy just looking at me thinking what, like how to win friends. It's like it's the cheesiest line, the cheesiest like title ever. So that was super embarrassing. And I remember also having, I had an iPod as well having a, i used to listen to audible books and it was a zig ziglar i don't know he's like old old school and he's like this kind of american guy from the south and i remember my girlfriend at the time put my ipod onto it was a house party we we're having and i was just like worried in case this kind of it was on a like spin a shuffle <laughs> and i was like really worried it's like zig ziglar guy would help self-help guru was going to come on the the like house party at like 10 o'clock <laughs> that would have been pretty embarrassing but it, luckily it didn't but yeah that was I guess it's kind of coming back to yeah kind of self-development it's almost becoming I don't want to yeah maybe more approachable more kind of uh, accessible to more yes, people which yeah. is quite good rather than in the old days it was almost yeah. quite kind of cheesy kind of yeah so hopefully it's it's becoming kind of more accessible and accessing more people yeah definitely definitely <laughs> And can you recommend a podcast or YouTube channel that you, you enjoy? So you, you mentioned Warren Buffett uh, a few times. Uh, are there any other inspirations yeah, that you, you like? For YouTube channels, I've Mama Furfer is pretty good. I don't know if you heard of her. She, I've been on a calls networking call to her. She's yeah. quite good. She was kind of, uh, I guess, I'd like to think she's kind of a pioneer. There was a lot, there's loads of regulations around money. I don't know if you know. So I used to be a financial advisor. I now don't give specific advice, but she was the first UK youtube channel to actually break through that of not having to yeah to actually give that education out there without kind of bring about those yeah. regulations that people are worried about so yeah that's that you know is really good mama furfer yeah. i quite like philosophy so like become like a massive philosophy nerd so there's a school of life which is really good i've watched loads of that then it gives like real bite size of like philosophers in the past you could literally spend an just an hour and you'll know more about you know these kind of great thinkers from the past with just they, they're like i don't know five ten minutes real short snippet videos now's another one okay. andy be clever with your cash he's been on my podcast my millennial money mindset podcast he's um he's quite a, yeah his podcast is quite good i think he's got a youtube channel as well 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. I like it. I like his his stuff. Oh, that's great. You've given us lots of lots to think about and go go and find. And what what about yourself? Where can people go and and find? So my you? YouTube channel is Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruit, you need the roots. Yeah, my book. I give away loads of value. My book. It's yeah on Amazon. I've got it's in Kindle. It's on Kindle Unlimited. So if you're on that, you can get that for free. I've got this i've got a world cup coming up in this summer so of the football formation asset allocation world cup this is what i'm trying to put together i trying to i did it last year but with coronavirus and got that i it was kind of challenging so i'm trying to that's my mission this this year to put a, a world cup tournament together trying to get the greats the kind of investing greats together and try and see who wins the, the world cup that would be pretty cool very cool um, yeah i like that idea very very cool great well I'm, I'm sure people will go and check out your channel thank you so much for coming on the podcast neil and, and, having so a much, chat. and uh I, i've listed uh, all of the links in the show notes for for people to go and uh to go and find cool. you thanks so much thanks, thanks for tuning in and just a reminder that if you're interested in buying homes and the housing market then why not tune in to episode 17 18 and 19 on episode 17 i speak with sienna she's just 21 years old and is buying her first property. Very inspiring story. Episode 18 is about house hacking in the UK, so how to best take advantage of hiring out your spare room through Airbnb and all those kind of things. And number 19 asks the questions, why are Brits so obsessed with buying a home? Why is it such a big part of identity? So I hope you were able to go along and listen to those episodes. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and see you next Wednesday. Bye, guys. It's always important to point out that none of the information in this podcast constitutes as financial advice. I am not a regulated financial advisor and therefore should go and seek your own independent financial advice. Thank you.